0: spend a moment with some remarkable people and discover what the life sounds like what would you ask welcome to our We and air an audio encounter i'm Arman Nafei and each episode will feature one conversation with an inspiring friend of mine who will share with us the soundtrack to the life Greetings and welcome back to another episode of Are We On Air? If you can hear birds in the background. That is because I'm currently enjoying the beautiful views of Topanga, California. And I thought, what a great segment to our guest this week, who's not only a big lover and collector of exotic birds, but also one of the most interesting high profile artists of our time. At least in my view. His name is Carsten Heller. Born to German parents in Belgium and living between Stockholm and Ghana. You might know Carsten's work as they're usually quite big and experiential, meaning the public is part of the artwork, which is exactly what I love doing, creating spaces for people to interact with it or each other. From his infamous giant slides, to his psychedelic mushroom installation, to psychoactive reindeer urine, he's done some of the most entertaining pieces. Carsten and I first met in 2009 in London at his and mutual Prada's now infamous The Double Club, probably one of the coolest places I've ever been to. Back then, I was just a young student and DJ at the fringes of that world. But fast forward to 2017 where I had a full circle moment where I was asked to co-curate the three day long resurrection of the double club during Miami's Art Basel. And boy, did we have fun. Again, probably one of the coolest projects that I had the chance to be part of. But you will hear all about it soon. We talked about Carsten's live soundtrack, of course, but also his fascination with birds, as you will hear throughout the interview, as Carsten has a beautiful collection of birds in his beautiful apartment in Stockholm. But we also talked about our shared love of African music. One, Carsten has an incredible house in Ghana, shared with his friend, the incredible artist, friend Marcel Odenbach. But more importantly, his love for the music and culture of the Congo. As always, you can follow and write us on Instagram, support us on patreon.com slash and listen to the playlist of our guests on our Spotify and Apple Music page. That was a long one. Well, let's get to it. Carsten Höller, welcome to We On Air. Thank you very much. We're here in your beautiful home in Stockholm, Sweden. One of the many beautiful homes, I guess. <laughs> I
1: have only two. I have a home in Stockholm, Sweden, and I have a home in Biriva, uh, Ghana, in West Africa.
0: And how much time do you spend between each?
1: Well, it, obviously, like the idea was uh, to do it like the birds, because you know <laughs> they 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 come to Sweden to breed and they spend here, like uh, you know, the warmer part of the year. And then they fly all the way to Africa, and I always thought, why do they do this? You know, there must be a reason. So, I went to see, and I really liked it. And um, me and my friend Marcel Ordenbach, so from Cologne, you know. Oh uh,
0: yeah, he has an amazing exhibition right now. Yes, I, I saw it. it. Yeah. I went. Ah, there. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I went there to see it. Um, it's actually really amazing. This exhibition. I love exhibition. It. Yeah. It's um, first time that he ever makes like a you know like a big retrospective of his works. So we we came up with this idea of making a house, uh, building a house in Ghana. And that was not planned at all. We just met in a little hotel um, that we heard about. And he came from Accra, And I was actually attending a music and theater festival in Abidjan, Ivory Coast. And so we, we basically met in the middle somewhere. He came from from uh, from the east and i came from the west and then we met at this little hotel we were just sitting there in the evening we really enjoyed ourselves and we pointed to this hill over there you know above the beach and say like why don't we build a house over there and we did it took 10 years but um, wow it's it is a fantastic place to be I, I love that that the
0: birds inspired you to to that lifestyle i mean you were surrounded when you're home left and right and each room you have an amazing bird collection. Can you say that's a collection?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before I had more when I still lived in Cologne. You know, like because yeah, like I always try to refrain myself. It's like, a, it's, you know, it's like a, you get easily getting a bit like it gets too much. So uh, in Cologne, I had like a, like hundred birds or something. Oh my god! And then also in Sweden, I lived first in a house outside of the city, and I built like big aviaries. Yeah. And, like all these birds but now it's just a few it's just i think it's i have only 25 birds at the moment which is uh, which but i already like You're already, already ordered <laughs> some new ones
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: so i love it Talk uh, talking about birds and obviously this is music we talk about music but do you have a favorite uh, song a sing from a bird when they sing like a favorite bird
1: yeah, well, we, you just said collection, right? Because mm. it is a collection in that sense that I I try to. Well, my uh, it, the emphasis is on actually West African birds because I <clears throat> being you know the bird maniac that I am, which I always try to suppress. Uh, <laughs> is, is the movie *The Birds* by Hitchcock your favorite film? <laughs> but it's it's actually you know it's it's more interesting for me to see how it is done. It's very interesting. He had a lot of bird trainers. Um, but that's another story. So um the birds I have are West African birds mainly. Few European and I want this to be like an orchestra. So one is like, you know, just sometimes making like a you know, like a low boom sound. And there's another one that is very curly and all the time, like very high pitched. And then I also have like some birds are imitators of the others. So like uh, I have a European starling, for instance, that sits together with some African orioles, and the orioles are very, uh, they they have a like a flute almost like the sound, like a whistling, very tropical. And the starling makes it, imitates it so well. I don't know often, like I don't know which one it is. Wow, I didn't and know. And then that. he makes his own interpretation of it. And, and on this side, on the other side, in the other, in the real bird room, which is only for the birds, <laughs> I have this one lark, and this lark is like a master imitator, just imitates all the other birds um, and makes it. So it's like a it's like a meta bird in, in terms of acoustics yeah. because it's uh, composing its own interpretation of what the other ones are doing. That's a skill to have. It's a human skill in a way, you know? Yeah, because it's inventive. Uh, I don't know how the lark, you know, Takes the decision, but when I bring in a new bird, it takes a while before the lark takes it up and then builds it in in its own song, which is still recognizable. I once had a bird that is only singing imitations. <clears throat> I don't have that here because it's not so good in a cage. It's called uh, a European Marsh Warbler. So this bird doesn't make any sound on its own; just imitates other birds. Which means that when you hear them in Europe singing, you can actually hear where they spend the winter in Africa, because they imitate certain birds that occur in certain regions. So it's... um,
0: Wow. And, uh, but does science know why they're doing this? There's gotta be a reason why it's just copying, no? Well, uh, you know,
1: science, (laughs) science, (laughs) (laughs) science has, you know, it's very hard to, to understand if there's like a subjective moment in all this, if the birds enjoy it in a way like we enjoy music. Because that's not clear. There's certainly a function to the song, but there's also so much song and birds which we cannot see a function. So you 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 know, you think like, why do they sing in, in a way that doesn't make any sense? And often like, if if it's the male that is like, like you know, I don't know, defending the territory, like the usual series or impressing the female that's not enough it's very often also like it seems to be that they sing because they like it and then uh, they enjoy themselves often females also sing and there's no reason why they should do that because the male defends the territory in this this in this species and <clears throat> often also birds sing in duets or even like in larger groups also you know not just like one bird but either a couple or like larger groups that together form an acoustic little group so it's like comparable to you know a band playing and uh, yeah they will certainly start soon
0: (laughs) Uh, we're definitely going to record some of the sounds for sure (laughs) yeah One of the sounds that i'm on the quest for is your sound the soundtrack to your life that's why we're doing this little interview series and let's start with what's your earliest significant musical memory that shaped you as an artist
1: oh um, you know i'm born 61 i'm turning 60 and i'm one week um so i grew up with radio believe it or not mm-hmm. and there was this 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 dutch hit parade which is called top of the pops and they were it always came at a certain time of the week. And we were actually really sitting in front of the radio and listening. And then I remember this moment when there must be much earlier stuff too, but you know, it sounds really cheesy. But ABBA, we knew, was making a new sound. And we knew it would be played on the radio. And we were sitting there, my friend and me, and it was Waterloo. Um, Waterloo was the, the sound that then came out and we just listened for the first time and it was magic because it was so, so uh, you know, restrictive in terms of what you can get in terms of music. The first record I ever bought was um, "Walk Me, Baby" by what's his name again? Mackey, Bobby Mackey. Is it Bobby or Gregory? Gregory Mackey. Think... I can look it up.
0: Yeah, well, well, well I'll find it. So <laughs> okay, I'll find it and play it. It's a very
1: nice song. I still love it. Like this was because this, you know, this was also like the first record player I had. The first record I bought. Barry Mackey. I think it's Bobby Mackey. It's very, like a blubbering sound, and it's like the first experience I had when it's like, you know, you can because this is something, which I still do sometimes, that you I, I listen to one record over and over again. You know, this thing like, can't get enough of it. It's just like so good. So you go on and on and on the same, okay, you wanna hit, don't wanna hear anything else. <laughs>
0: I know that feeling, yeah. it's like I call it the song of the week and it just, you hear it so much until it's like, oh you can't listen to it, and you need a break from it. And then you go rediscover it at a later point again and I'm like, oh
1: yeah, and then shoo. But my first concert I think was actually Patti Smith. Really? Yeah, huh. I know, in the forest. It's like a, like a venue in, <laughs> in, in, uh, in Brussels where I grew up. Uh, well, it was very impressive. I don't even know how I got in there. <laughs> <laughs> you blacked your way in. <laughs> uh.
0: Patty, yeah. Mm. My first interview. <laughs> that was first one? Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's where you started I'm okay, where do I go from here? <laughs> but going back to you, uh, I mean, you're one of those artists I we worked together semi before on the, on the Prada Double Club or associated together Um, and you're one of those artists I just admire so much because we speak at least that's my perception the the same language when it comes to like spatial design and 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 how you work with spaces I mean we're in your home now and also with the birds I mean there's so many common nominators between that's why it's very interesting that I have a million questions but (laughs) to stick to the format how would you describe yourself with three songs
1: I mean, like, give me one year, and I still don't have an answer. <laughs> I can't, I can't answer to this because it depends on my day form. It depends on what I'm thinking. I it's don't know. It's impossible to answer. It's impossible to answer. I have to to say sorry. I can't answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. This is the first.
0: <laughs> no one has ever said no to this. But maybe three answers that you like, musicians.
1: Musicians. Well, you know. That's what's like, you mean like, like now or I liked before?
0: It could be now, it could be before. I'll let you choose whatever. Maybe it's three discoveries recently that you, that you like, that you'd like to share.
1: I can, like my musical history in terms of my, you know, the, the, the years I've lived is very, you know, it's, it's actually quite so, simple to describe. It goes in phases. So there's a, there's a you know, there was like a, a well, how, when I actually even had a band, I don't think you know that. No. It, it was called uh, Bella Rosa und die bebenden Herzen der Hunde. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that should be the name of your space. Here. Yeah,
1: I mean, like maybe you want to play one of these songs, but just like that we, because we had, we we, we performed twice. We made two concerts. It was me and a friend, Thorsten Hakebrand. <laughs> I think we were like extremely bad and I like absolutely not very gifted, but we wanted to try and we were like heavy under the influence of uh you know like i i I studied in Kiel i studied agri- agricultural sciences. But I always went to Berlin, to this Berlin Atonal Festival, which is still ongoing. Mm -hmm. But in the 80s, it was actually quite a thing. It was crazy. I've never seen such a thing, you know? Okay, Einsturz and Neubauten and and, and Leibach and all these kind of things you probably know. But there were like so many weird bands. It was like violent and it was like, you know, it it was incredible. I was overwhelmed. So that was definitely like a long phase of uh, underground music, and then had the a reggae phase. Which was also very pronounced. I had like like a small grunge face with like Christian death and you know this Goth music and like I, I, I'm glad that stopped
0: <laughs> I'm happy I'm in my nice cozy apartment listening to birds now and not getting beaten up somewhere in dark in a dark basement in Berlin.
1: <laughs> so the reggae face also took a while. I was very fond of like say steel pulse and bands like this, you know, that was really um big for me and then i got hooked on congolese music as you know because we made this like you said before Mm -hmm. we worked together (coughs) in uh, 2008 2009 we had this club in london which was called the double club in which was basically a club um divided in two uh, two parts, uh, both like uh, spatially speaking. So like all the spaces where, as if there would be like vector lines dividing the space, like as it would be like a you know like a piece of a cake or something, or cheese, but and then glued together again. So like one corner looks like in the Congo, one looks like in the west in the Congo. I mean the what they call now the De- Democratic um, Republic of Congo. Because there are two Congos, and then in the West again, Congo again, and then like the West one, we made like a chess board, like three-dimensional, like squares, you know, and the discotheque um, where you spend most of the time because <laughs> you were like one of our in-house DJs um, was like uh, you know. Um, Divided just with a vertical line and you wouldn't really see so much the difference between the Congolese part and the Western part. It was also very dark. The Western part was just nicely renovated and the Congolese part wasn't. And then in the middle of this, and like like this virtual line was just crossing over it, was the dance floor, which was um, circular, a disc, and it turned very slowly. And my idea was that the DJ, would be on this booth that we had on the dance floor, on this, on this turning disc, very, very slowly. It took one hour, actually, it was like a clock. You could uh, measure the time with it. And <clears throat> so half an hour in the Congolese section would be a Congolese DJ playing Congolese music, and half an hour in the Western section would be a Western DJ playing Western music but everybody hated that. We, we did this at the beginning and it was really not as, Impossible as to. Yeah, especially the DJs, by the way. Yeah,
0: because it's hard to build a set when every half an hour you have to stop. Yeah, it's like, what, four songs, five songs.
1: <laughs> but then, then, I don't know, like having, I saw like one influence for me was, I don't know what the, na- what the name of the place was, but I've been in Japan once in a music venue, which was great, they played fantastic music. But what they did was that they stopped the music suddenly, like, you know, when the time was there. And there was like half an hour silence. And people started to talk to each other. Oh, wow. And, you know, got drinks and it was nice. And then, then, you know, people were having fun. And then suddenly the music starts again. But like, you know, slowly and then gets wild again and then stops again. And I thought that was so brilliant. And I felt very much... uh, at home in this kind of scenario so I thought it might also work with the Western versus Congolese 30 minutes 30 minutes but it you know in London we didn't (laughs) didn't get very far with this but my Congolese music phase um, do you remember a couple of tracks from that that was
0: played at the Double Club in London yes of
1: course we had like um, you know we had like a a few playlists because it was the idea was like that um you have we had three different spaces, restaurant, then the main bar space in the middle, and then the discotheque. So if in the discotheque there was Western music, often live um Fridays, live music, then we would have Congolese in the main space. And then it was more like, you know, <clears throat> say like older Congolese music, which is more like uh, very guitar-based, more like instrumental, yeah, funko. Like more, yeah.
3: Don't go well and then Bazua ya bosenzi mama munwe, bomba bomba mama eh,
2: kana zala kana mobali na yo na bomba makao, ndi makate lelo na ndi miliwae,
3: lelo na ndi mikosasa. Okoma oh, kosta la bazua lokola mo na moke, yomoto koli ba ebi yomiki bandeko, donko wela ndeniye. Basuwa
1: ya bo bomba genau these people You know, like this kind of more, more like, you know, jazzy kind of Congolese music.
0: was also played in the bar area or was it just
1: it was in the bar in the bar bar, and then uh, a a little bit in the restaurant too if Mm. I remember but mainly in the bar and then you go in the the discotheques you have like completely different kind of music and on Saturdays we had every Saturday a Congolese band playing Mm. in the disco space and then you would have western music sometimes even also live with Pam Hawk and people like that Mm. for instance in in the bar uh, and restaurant area so that was a but this Congolese music thing has never left me, so I'm still going to Kinshasa. Last time we went, to exactly two years ago, with a small group of musicians, friends, and some journalists, because I wanted to show this little film that we did, me and Mons Monson, <coughs> to a Congolese audience, because this had never been done before. And we went, and Kinshasa, I don't know. Like I, if you like music, I think it's a must. You have to go there once yeah, in your life. for sure. It's but, incredible. But, well, why
0: Congolese I'm so in- intrigued by? It because when people ask me, you know, where's, where do you think music, the best music? For me, it's like Mali, even though I haven't been, but Malian music touches me on a whole, it's a visceral experience with Malian music. But obviously Ghana is great, but also, uh, for me also Dakar, is, Sen- Senegal is super interesting. But why Congolese? I'm so intrigued. What, what was the, the moment when, you're, when you were
1: hooked? This I can say exactly. Ah. Exactly. I know the date, I know the place, I know exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't even in Congo. It was in Benin, in West Africa. And I was there for the first time in, in, in uh, sub-Sahelian Africa, visiting a friend. I didn't know what to expect, but I really liked it. And then we went out in the evening, sometimes we saw concerts, but we also went to discotheques because the music was interesting. And then the of often, you know, there was one that we went to, it was called 2001, 2001. Or on jockey and they played all these, these Congolese bits in between other bits you know so it was like a whole section of Congolese music As, and I saw like people would dance differently and the whole vibe changed and I loved that and I saw like what the f- because I never heard it before yeah. because you never hear it on the radio yeah. never no, never yeah, yeah. and I know that at some point and I maybe did this in my life my life only twice or three times I went up to the DJ and said what is this <laughs> and he said it's coffee i said what okay i think that
0: song request is totally accepted don't worry (laughs) it's something else when someone comes up to me can you play rihanna and okay (laughs) but this is something i would do too
1: yeah so i I just wanted to know what it is because i thought it was great what year was that uh that was 96. oh wow it's amazing yeah so th- then I got
0: hooked. And these bits were probably then the moments where you thought maybe later for the Double Club, right? When It's like these breaks when you're switching between Western and Congolese. So maybe that was one of the initial ideas behind it, when these bits were coming in the set
1: in Benin. Yeah, maybe, actually. Actually, I never thought about this. But I think, like, it, you can, you know, I also grew up in Belgium and, and I'm, I'm German. I have German parents. Mm. But, you know, the neighbors on the left-hand side were Flemish. On the right-hand side, actually the other way around, they were wallon <clears throat> So they spoke, like, French there and Flemish there. And for me, this was like the normality that you live in a double club. Yeah. And then then I moved to Germany later. I so, like, why is everything so <laughs> German? I
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. I mean, that's one thing. I mean, for me, the double club, I mean, I was a student in London and... I immediately understood the first time I walked in and that's why I was so drawn to it. And that's why I'm so drawn to the idea of this duality because, you know, I'm Persian, but I was born in Germany. So you, you always have this like dual life in a way. Yeah. And, and that's what I love about your work and also the Double Club in particular. And when you had like half Congolese, half Western, or when we did a 10 years for the anniversary in Miami, like I love the first Caribbean and, uh, and, and Western as well. It makes it just so much more interesting. It's just way more color. And I think that's where cultural exchange is so important to creativity in general.
1: Yeah, but fusion is also like, um, I don't like the idea of fusion. like to make it into some kind of potpourri.
0: Yeah, but that's like going to an Asian restaurant as, as fusion Japanese. Okay, that's something else.
1: Yeah, but if you have like two units present at the same time, now let's say acoustic units or aesthetic units or spatial or whatever, it's very, for me, it's a relief, and for you too, if I understand you right, because I don't like this idea that you have to be in one place only. It's such a luxury that you don't have to decide, you know, that that you know your apartment is, doesn't have to look like one thing. It can be different, different parts put together. I think that's how we are much more. I mean, not everybody, obviously, but um, that's um, how the good people are. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, the woke ones. (laughs) 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 So I just also thought in in London at the Dabokal, I really thought, for me, it's a relief. And then, of course, I was interested in the schizophrenia of it. Like, I sit there and I talk with you, and I see a Congolese background behind you because we actually really went to Kinshasa and bought stuff, and we built it. It was like a, you know, very well done. And then you would see like a Western decor behind me, and... So we, you know, like, uh, how is that influencing our conversation?
0: I, I thought it was super forward-thinking. At, at, at that time, we're talking about, what, 2007, 8, 9, something like that, to a very, like, Western London, it's called high society as well, you know, to bring this, like, Congolese, it was so foreign to them, like, that. then. Today it's, it's way more multi things, especially with younger generations, they're way more open to, to the world. But back then it was like so foreign. But because he also had the the status of an established artist, then the mutual Prada being behind it, I think it gave the stamp of approval and kind of let people ease into it and accept it. I thought that was
1: interesting. Nobody came at the beginning. It was like empty. It was a disaster. I don't know. Okay, we opened at the complete at the wrong time. Yeah. November two thousand eight, financial crisis. Yeah constant rain and British people what they do is they go to Christmas uh, parties and dinners So nobody came nobody we we actually sort of closing again it's like expensive to keep it open yeah. you know? but then I remember 2009 on the 2nd of January which yeah. is very strange it was for the first time it was full and not just full very good people yeah. and then we had like I was there it's <laughs> <laughs> all your fault. And from then on, it was really like the place to be. It was amazing. How many days was it open? Uh, well, like, the plan was at the beginning because I, I said to to Mircea, I want this to be like a, like an exhibition in some way like um like a life experiment like you know. We also had artworks in there, like in the restaurant on the walls, there were artworks. So some people knew this was like an artwork. So they said, like, where's the artwork? And they could see some art in the restaurant. So it was really working on very different levels. Six months was a bit too short, especially since we lost almost two at the beginning. Um, So we closed in early July, just before the summer. People were begging me, on their knees not too close but I said we have to <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> it's for the legend it's necessary it's true
0: yeah at the height of it yeah and, and then 10 year anniversary Miami which we worked together it was
1: not really university Miami was also called double club it was actually called the Prada double With club ah. Miami but it was not uh, it was more like we wanted to do another thing and yeah. then there was very little time we had six weeks yeah. And we had a venue, and I thought, like, what should we do with that now? And then I thought, like, the venue was great because it had, like, a, a quite a big inside space, yeah. not, really big. It was the Ice Palace, it was called yes, the Ice Palace. exactly, yeah. and a big outside space. So, but I didn't want to, you cannot, because, you know, there was one work, one year of, of, of work to make the Double Club in London to get everything in, in, installed. So we had to have a different idea. So we wanted to make something which is, again, very two different parts. And and you don't belong really to either yeah, one yeah. or the other. But this time it was about color or monochromatic. So inside was completely black and white, gray tones, monochromatic. Even the people working there, we painted their face in gray color. They, they had contact lenses yeah, or think. sunglasses. So you wouldn't see the eyes. Oh. They were not supposed to open the mouth, by the way, so you wouldn't see the inside. Did It had to look like in a black and white film. Oh. You know. So when you come in, no matter what kind of skin color you have, uh, you must feel like too colorful, like in the wrong place in some way. And then the outside was the opposite. The outside was so much color. like We put like, all these like LED stripes mm-hmm. all over the place. <clears throat> it was full of colors, you know, and it fitted, of course, perfectly to Miami. Also, but I wanted to make it more than Miami. Miami has already all these colors, but it was like 10 times more, or 100 times more, I don't know. But uh, where you, f- you so you as a as a person being there would feel like pale in comparison. <laughs> also, like no matter what skin color, it was yeah. so
0: cut, yeah bright in the neon strips around the DJ with it looked like a uh, Jamaican boombox. You know, yes, like yes, I would,
1: that's what I thought it should look like. Yeah. Actually, yeah. That, that was a little bit because like the a bar was there. We just uh, we 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 coloured it so to say, yeah, yeah. and then we built a stage for the for the musicians. Yeah. So they corresponded very nicely. yeah. I also thought like in this.
0: And why? Because it was Caribbean made a bit more universal, I think. It wasn't like Jamaican, it wasn't. No, it was
1: Caribbean because of Miami, and we had like this Haitian, uh, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. big band playing, and we had like. It was only three nights. Yeah. three I nights
0: <laughs> I remember Yeah, <laughs> three long nights long <laughs> remember, night. one three long <laughs> nights three fantastic nights
1: I only wanted to stay the first night but I, I couldn't I couldn't go it was too good
0: I mean I don't ever forget you, me and Muta Prada dancing together that was <laughs> so surreal I don't know what's happening <laughs> uh, do you remember a track from that Haitian band or that Caribbean as a reference that was like the reference track for you?
1: No, it's more like, you know, we, we, you know, mess man and what's Red that? Red man. man. That was my booking. It <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> was, was your booking. That yeah. was great. No, Miami,
3: make some goddamn noise! Come How up, many man. motherfuckers out here in Miami is having a good time tonight? Make some noise out there. Let me see you. Where you at? Where you at? Go ahead talk to him, man. You want to say something to him? I'm changing my sneakers. I think they got enough energy out here, right? Y'all love 90s hip-hop, right? I mean, cause we them dudes from the 90s that put in work, and it's only right that we come to Miami to give y'all some 90s shit. Cause I know y'all tired of the shit they playing on the radio, right? Okay, so let's act it. So, Matt, what you gonna do for him? What you gonna say to him? Um. I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to say. I'm going in there. Fuck that. Since we're all here together tonight, and I've been smoking a lot, he's been smoking a lot, I know y'all been smoking a lot, we're going to take it back to the 90s. We're going to take it back to the year 1992 when we did stuff like this. Jump jump, 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 Everybody say, Hell yeah! Say, yeah, hey, hell, yeah. hell yeah! Hey, Hell yeah! Let's get ready! I could do a whole fam You avenue, You a flop yeah. nah. around and do the same dance To a solo R- 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 That's I- I- R- the whole break break, break. Run, you can The rock have the right style Cause 92 I take a whole You cool. know a of the all go to You a type of You can't pop I was born oh, The fucker tell the devil, devil Put you in the rap love, on the tip I want you to pay I get that shit so I
1: I liked I, I like everything I like princess Nokia princess yes I thought about her
0: in here. I'm the Nelly in the party with some rocks ears. I'm a slave for you, baby, Miss Britney Spears. I'm a clover, she a Taurus, bring it on for cheers. And I'm sexy like Christina when I dip below. Not an H-Town girl, but I rodeo. Yippee, yippee, welcome to the show. It's an all-girl party, clothing optional.
1: You were also fantastic. You I made was a fantastic, yeah. great job. You, you were like really making it like, it was like
0: because I love that sound, I love that world sound, I love being eclectic, you know? And that's why the colourful room inside was totally speaking.
1: And even, what's his name, the superstar that we had, like... Uh, Wycliffe John Wy- Wycliffe Jones, yeah, I, I don't like his too much, but he was so he great. Was so good, yeah. He was so good. yeah You know, I reconsidered his music. I really it was fantastic. Everything worked out very well. Let's go!
2: Find you and make you
3: yeah.
1: Now
3: that i escape sleep walk away, those who correlate know the world they came. Dell bars ain't golden gates Those who fake, they break When they meet their 400 pounds If I rule the world Everyone will have a gun And they get off course When kidding up and on their horse, yo I kick around drinking moonshine I pour a sip on the concrete For the deceased, but don't don't in the state of sleep Think about the robbery That I did last week Money in the bag Make it look like a drag I want to play with pelicans From here to back huh?
0: Perfect, I mean, people It was the hardest thing that at Basel, Miami, for sure. Have you recently discovered something that you just came back from Ghana, like musically speaking, that you are like, oh, that's a new interesting artist. Because global pop is huge right now. Like I think it's, which is interesting to me that now it's also the younger generations. The sound is traveling. Even the language might be different, different countries, but the sound is very similar. You have a lot of Latin influence. You have a lot of African influences. Uh, The Afrobeat is super popular right now, which I think is great. Um, You know, there's amazing artists coming out. I'm releasing on a weekly basis, but yeah, maybe you've discovered something on your travels recently.
1: Well, as I said, like, you know, I'm still hooked in my Congolese bubble. (coughs) So I'm following that mainly. And I think there's some very interesting stuff coming up. The young people, it's like, they call it generations. So like the first generations were actually the first, they were still like, you know, Performing under the Belgians and then after independence and then, so but now we are like I don't know sixth generation, maybe the seventh is just coming. So people like, for instance, Putna Filet or Fabrega, Le
3: noir Papa cola cana et ba, rouge à e baro no, jalevreté. Padiya kanabango yepeba si lete. E papa pa verni, ba pla kai na notenga na kata kai ngapo manzaka. ya boko pe yama kulo na minu po, nanga. Poyasapliske pam. Teri alino na simplicité ko legata ya ba ma melo. Elle est parfaite plus que parfait. Alino. Azana mo pisap. You
1: know, people like that, Eritier Watanabe, I think they're amazing. They do fantastic music.
3: You know, Quand tu réussis, c'est grâce à eux et quand tu échoues, c'est ta faute. PdG Lucien et bata. Ah, La et danser, fout Et dit Voilà, oh, oh. Roger le colonisateur. Patrick Meka, un jeune roi des boucan. Al-Badiri.
1: Maria Milagros.
2: No, voilà si New concept management.
1: You know, young people doing like a little twist, but it's still very Congolese. You hear straight away it's Congolese. And that's interesting because uh, it's kind of resistant to, to this phenomenon that you just described that it all actually sounds a bit the same. You know, you don't often don't know anymore if this comes from Nigeria or from Los Angeles suburbs somewhere or like something. It's all the same and in and some way. It's like very similar. Like, uh, you know, the beats. <laughs> and the mixes and you know like also the, the way how this is performed. So it's not similar. it's, it's, it's very you know that's not the right word. It's more like there, there's a level of trickiness in it, which is also due to technological advancement certainly, that <clears throat> makes it you know um, as if you know like an algorithm almost has written it. But it's not an algorithm, it's the human mind that is evolving, co-evolving over the whole world into some kind of music that we didn't have before, but which is global. But then you have these pockets like Kinshasa, or like, yeah, I think it's really mainly Kinshasa because it's not really true for the whole country, where you have like, you know, music phenomena. And uh, just to come back to that, I think like, if you want to experience live music in Chasa, It's like incredible. We have to go, I really need to go. I've I've been there like, I don't know how many times, but I can only stay for five or six days because after this I'm exhausted. Because we sleep until 12 or something, you know, like as long as we can. And then we start with the first, we have like a big lunch because you never know if there's a dinner or not. (laughs) (laughs) And then we start with what they call like a repetition which is like a mini concert, but it's already a, a concert. It's like the sun is still there and, you know, it's often outside. It's very nice. And there's like jamming sessions and stuff like this. But then it can go on like, you know, like the, even like on a Monday or Tuesday, it's like every day of the week there is concert after concert after concert. And that's what people live for. This is like their identity is based on, with whom, whom they listen to, who's their biggest hero, you know, and there's always like the main acts, but there's always like so many other ones um, coming up. So uh, often branching out from from like, uh, you know, big bands like Zyko Langa, Langa for instance, which is, is a band that has been existing for 30 years or so. There's one main singer, he's still there. But Psycho Langalanga Langa has created probably so many other bands that were' branching out from there that were in there or like uh, you know, like Orbit. at a certain point, and then people get big enough so they make their own thing and they so but they take in young people again. so it's like you know, this is not a band of four or five people. We speak about twenty or thirty people. Wow. So it's like a, you know like an organism that rejuvenates itself. Wow.
0: Okay, next time you go, you let me know. I'll come with you yeah. for exactly five days. <laughs> I will let you know. I want to do an Africa tour anyway, also for Awe and I want to go into each of those countries that I'm intrigued by, sonically speaking, dive deep into the culture, meet local musicians, and, and, and just bring that music to a broader audience, right? I mean, for sure. But uh, talking about live organisms, I love your mushrooms. And mushrooms are a hot topic, obviously, right now.
1: You have a little a little mini- miniature sculpture here, which I think... It's is. a little between where I have like uh, three double mushrooms. Um, so it's always half, it's like a double club. So it's half one mushroom and half another mushroom. The only <clears throat> thing that uh, when we choose how to put these, they they cut vertically in the middle and then glue together again. But, Are uh, these real mushrooms? No, no, no but no. they... Uh, so I have this guy who picks the mushrooms in the forest and makes them, the, you know, makes a mold... And then makes a positive form. Ah. He's a specialist on this, so half of them is always a flyer fleeing pits. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that's that, that's an interesting mushroom, I think, for many Super. reasons. And the other one just has to match uh, height-wise, but then it's a very different form. So it's a bit like a clash of forms, which uh, which you know, like you want to put this together in your brain. So it's like a kind of it's like a, there's a dissonance in it. And it makes you feel slightly uncomfortable, but it's also beautiful. There's something about mushrooms, especially poisonous
0: ones like this in this case, or magic mushrooms, right? Where you trip on them. And I think what's so interesting about the, your installation where with the upside down mushrooms and you walk through, it's literally like a trip, right? It, it really kind of takes you out of kind of like Baselitz-wise, when you flip the painting, you have a whole different experience, suddenly. I think that's the same when you walk through your mushrooms.
1: Yeah, the mushrooms are more or less permanently inst- installed at the Fondazione Prada in Milan. It's only there. In Milan. Yeah, it's only this one work. This is like with the one you just yeah, yeah. On. It's called yeah. Upside Down Mushroom Room. That's exactly what it is. So you go through a little corridor, which is uh, dark. So you leave the idea behind that you know that the light comes usually from above, and then you continue this little corridor and then you see light coming again from the other side. And then you come into this room, which is upside down. So the, the, the lights that should be on the ceiling are on the floor. So you're walking on the ceiling and the mushrooms are uh, hanging down from the floor and they're, they're quite big. Like some are maybe the smallest one is maybe one meter and the biggest one is maybe four meter. And they also turn. Mm. Very slowly. That's a theme, a reoccurring theme. The spinning. Yeah, I had this like uh, I don't know how it came up with this really, but I thought like uh, if mushrooms would spin, this would be so hard to understand that it would be a perfect way to make people, you know, crazy. Like so, I made. I started with mushroom suitcases, which is like (laughs) replicas of mushrooms, which I did myself with in clay or something, but they look very real and then fliegenpilz fly garlic, and i painted them in in different colors actually not just red and white and then i put them in the forest with a little motor under them and they were driven by solar energy and the idea was that you you know somebody goes in the forest and sees a turning mushroom and just can't understand (laughs) and this is so interesting i think like when you see things that don't fit in anything that you know or that you can predict or that you have heard about You know, it's just something out of the ordinary. So you don't know what to do with it. In this moment, I find it very interesting. When you're standing there and you're like just, you know, in awe, I think you say like in English. In awe. In awe. It's like I cannot pronounce this. i never said this before. Really?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No.
1: I'm in awe. (laughs) No, I'm in awe. (laughs) Wow.
0: And if you would score that room, that installation, to give it one sound, like
1: one song, what would that be? It has to be sense. Even the motors, we worked very, very much on the silence. I would even try to make, like, you know, you can make this negative silence. If you want to make this room any better, I would try to make it into a negative silence.
0: Like those 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 in crazy rooms where it's so quiet that you hear, only hear a heartbeat and it drives yes. you crazy after 15 minutes.
1: Yes, yeah, and you can do that with uh, technological means. It basically works like the headphones, but you can do it in the whole space. So that's interesting. I've also been in northern Sweden once, um, you know, and in the in the winter it was it, we went out with a snow scooter and was so, and then we stopped the engines and it was like so quiet that you not you don't hear anything. Yeah. It's amazing. It's actually like a, a sound because yeah. you hear yourself. Exactly. You hear like what is happening inside your body.
0: I had that when I, only once as well when I was in hiking Machu Picchu and when we're at a certain level. And I just let the group go and I just sat down. I've never heard this kind of silence in my life before. I mean, really. We were so high that you don't even hear insects anymore. You know, it was like, uh, so it was just like the sky. You were by yourself. There were no winds, nothing. It was just pure silence. Scary. It's really, uh, because you're just with yourself then. It's really, uh, it's an eerie feeling. Beautiful, but an eerie feeling. Yeah. But uh, when you work in general or when you have an idea, do you you listen to music? Like, do you sit here in your house or in your studio? Do you have a studio? I don't even know. Do you have a
1: studio? Uh, I have a workspace there behind where I I have a studio slash (coughs) office, which is not very far. I don't go so often there. (laughs) Maybe once a week. If it's (laughs) a good week.
0: You wait for the the, the higher spirits no, no,
1: no, we don't need to sit physically in the same room. We communicate yeah. by other means. And yeah. then I like to be alone when I work, especially in the morning. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> no, because music for me is something I listen to and then I really want to listen to it. And that's why again, I love to go to concerts. I like to listen to music in my car. Um, sometimes I put it on I put it on loud I don't want to listen to it when I work when I do something I don't even you know like use it as a when I do things that I I don't need to concentrate on something it's an active thing for me but that has to do with the birds I think because I you know I'm so sensitive to my whole bird thing that I because I'm always like listening for birds you know automatically nothing I can do about I even wake up and the night, because there's a bird, you know, it, it wakes me up. And I think, what, what, what was it? That I can't, I can't actually stand back on music. And, and sometimes I think I hate music. And, because it's like the way how we, how we have music around us, it, it's like something I find, it's terrorizing me. It's like, it's no good, you know, it's bothering me all the time. It's like I cannot, like, I, sometimes I cannot do what I want to do because the music is bothering me so much. I cannot buy something because the music is bad. You know, it's like this.
0: Story of my life, <laughs> like wherever I walk into like the way you have birds catch your attention is like when I walk into any space. Of course, my ear immediately draws to, even if it's just like very subtle in the background.
1: The worst is like places like when airports have music and you cannot escape it. Uh, thanks God, they're really, you know, disappearing. Uh, But uh, the last one, Marseille, I I knew was one of them, and I was like trying not to fly there, because like it's (laughs) like, but they stopped. So, very well done. But then there's even cities (coughs) where you have loudspeakers outside. So, in Belgium, there's the city Charleroi, which is already like, very, very depressing because it had like its... Very chic name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it had a good time until like maybe the 60s, 70s when coal and steel like went down in southern Belgium. And I don't know, like it's, it's, it's now it's just, it's extremely ugly. But also like they put on these loudspeakers on the lamp poles. So the whole inner city is clad in music. And what are they playing? Some music like that should stimulate you in some way depending on the day of like musa kind of stuff
0: yeah.
1: that's music. but it's like you can't escape it that's like a nightmare it's a nightmare well we just
0: talked about your space you're opening a space here in stockholm a restaurant club bar somewhere along those lines it's called brutalisten <laughs> that's <laughs> the name really yeah you have the
1: name okay yeah. brutalisten the, you know, like loosely translated the brutalist. brutalist, but brutalist sounds more almost like a profession. Yeah. <laughs> it relates to brutalist architecture. So um, what we do is brutalist food. How does that look like brutalist food? That's very easy to describe. So brutalist food is not that you take like a, a piece of something and throw it on the grill or something. It's, um, it's a cuisine which is based on the, on the idea that you use only one ingredient for every dish. So if you make a salad, you make a salad with salad. (coughs) And you don't make a salad niçoise with eggs and tuna fish and and onions and everything. So you try to bring out the taste of this plant that you want to make the salad with, which is difficult because you're only allowed to use water and salt to add. So there's no spices, but there's also no, no lemon juice, there's no olive oil, there's nothing like this. So how do you make like a dressing for a salad when you just have a salad? Well, you have to think about, you know, the different parts of the plant, for instance. You can, for instance, use the roots and make something interesting out of it. You can use leaves that you ferment and make it into a sauce. You can take the seeds and extract the oil. So, you know, um, you can get the full salad taste experience. Because, you know, it's a bit like with music actually, this kind of layering of sounds where the music has like a little part in the middle as if it would be mayonnaise to your daily life. Mayonnaise on a, on a plate in all its different forms, you know, that's that, that's something that I really hate. It's like a kind of kit or like a clister, something like that holds things together. And the idea is that, you know, the chef being like a great artist, something like this, makes a combination of different ingredients that should taste good. Okay, we know this can be the case, but very often it's not. Very often it's much more interesting if you have a good ingredient, not try to hide it under some other stuff, but just bring forward what this one ingredient has to offer in terms of taste. So I call it vertical cooking. You go into the taste of one thing instead of horizontal cooking, which is layering taste, mayonnaise, some little decoration on top, little flowers on top of everything, you know, like this
0: super interesting and so it's a scientific approach to cooking really
1: no it's it's a cooking approach to cooking it's more like dogma films you know you may have yeah. the dogma films you couldn't like it was making films with restrictions you couldn't use artificial light you couldn't use a tripod and they made like great films you know like
0: yeah by basically putting yourself into a square and try to work within within that box within that square with what
1: you have yeah but also like you have to be inventive in a new way you don't have, don't have to be inventive and say like oh, you know, to this ingredient, match that ingredient, um, you know, all this stuff What they're doing nowadays. You have to think about how to, how to make this into a dish. And it's, if it works out, it's, I think it's, it's brilliant. And also it's a new thing. So this yeah, is not, uh, you find a little bit in Spain, Italy, Japan, you know, you have some brutalist uh, dishes. Wow. But uh, in Sweden, no. No oh. so after our tr- musical
0: trip to Congo, we come and eat here so we have another trip to <laughs> go <laughs> go for. yes
1: yeah so but uh, for the rest, them, I've been thinking about the music a lot and I thought like mm, you know like how shall I because I want this to be about you know like eating, but then of course you want to create the right you okay. know, surroundings to it so you, you you know you need furniture, you you need to do something with the interiors and then you also need to do something with the sound but uh, I, I still don't know actually i'm still trying to figure out but i think well let's look at it uh, let's have a look at the space and yeah it's super interesting i want to keep it quiet like i will have a, a sound system actually before it was a music club and you can make the music very loud in there and it had this burghain kind of uh function one uh oh, wow, <coughs> speakers in okay. there which are amazing, you know, like you can really blow it up. and It's fantastic, and it has these very thick walls and granite, so no problem with any neighbors. Actually, there are no neighbors. It's just offices. Mm. It's perfect. But for the food, I think I want to start without music, and that's going to be the only restaurant in Stockholm I know that has no music. You can see it in other places, you know, like it's it's, uh, it's not so uncommon. Like uh, in Portugal, I've been at a show in Lisbon, and then... I realize that many restaurants actually don't have music it's yeah. very nice.
0: I heard that about a Portugal yeah. husband as well. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the future in hospitality or when it comes to restaurants I mean the future but become a multi usable space like from day to night the space at the touch of a button changes. Yeah, kitchen
1: closes, music starts. That's how it should be. Exactly.
0: It's like a house party. That's really like, you know, you, as we were just saying earlier, you just move the furniture, the tables, a little side, and suddenly you dance among the chairs. It's so much more interesting. Yeah, I just showed you the organic. prototype
1: of the, yes, the, chair, the chair that chair we do. in a uh, Mexican friends from La Metropolitana, and um, they, uh, they made a, a stackable chair. So we can put them all on top of each other and then we have space. Because love it's not it. a big space. It's, it's quite it. small. It's like 32 people for sitting and with now an outside we rear two and then you have a bar space. Amazing.
0: Well, going back to uh, taste <laughs> and music, what's your go-to falling in love or heartbreak song?
1: I mean, I know what is it's not. <laughs> 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 like, you know, what is this name? And they and, God damn it. That was like this kind of very often this is circumstantial because you don't fall in love because of a song, but there might be a song around when you fall in love and you might experience also maybe even the process of love making can be interesting together with music if this is you know the right combination. So um but there's no recipe for it
0: that's the next question what's the sexiest song but we're staying with loving, so you can give me two songs actually
1: maybe that
0: played a role in your past as well
1: yes I think this uh, Rock Me Baby is a very sexy song I always thought like that's maybe the main trigger with many songs they make you you know they put you in a certain like mood is the wrong word Mm, condition (laughs) so that you are uh, receptive for this because it's a lot about letting go it's like dancing it's also about letting go you need to let go your usual way how you move your body you let it go into something else and this letting go aspect if music can trigger that and you know that's what I think music can really do very often in a very different ways and doesn't have to be something danceable necessarily it can be classical music too and then you know this, this, is the, this, this then it gets interesting because then you get also to you can let go yourself, which means you can meet another person. That is also about letting go. And then you get a, you know, to this, this little common space that you can reach when you're in love.
0: Oh, so we've said it's true. Well, Carsten, to wrap up our, our little chat. If your life would be a movie, what song would play in the end credits?
1: I say one thing now, I say another thing tomorrow.
0: That's um, Okay. I'll come back tomorrow for a second answer, but today?
1: (laughs) I would probably put like a nice, you know, Congolese, like, uh, say, what would I put? Like something like Kesta Emeneia, for instance, or like uh, uh, a Pipicali, or maybe even a Franco, something long, it should be long. Like, you know, not a three-minute song, like a 10-minute song, like a 15-minute song, like something that goes on and on and on and on. That's the kind of music I like.
0: Well, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. I hope you enjoyed it as well. A little bit. (laughs) Just a tad. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Kastan. To listen to the full playlist, visit arionair.com or our Spotify channel. You can also find us on Instagram and on YouTube at Arionair. And a big thank you to my wonderful team at Studio Noi. I'm Arman Lafay, and I'll speak to you soon.